Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, proudly delivering healthcare services across Iowa, specializing in mental health, substance use disorder treatment, and medical care with a special focus on LGBTQIA plus healthcare. More at ucsonline.org. Today is Monday. It's the 27th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Republican Governor Kim Reynolds' bill to streamline state government would also expand the Iowa Attorney General's power to prosecute crimes. It would give the AG exclusive power to prosecute election-related crimes, removing that power from county attorneys. The bill also says the state attorney general may intervene in a county attorney's prosecution of any crime, even if they don't request help. The AG's office and governor's office argue this is already law, and the bill would simply clarify that the AG can override a county attorney's decisions. Dan Breitbarth is an assistant AG in Republican Attorney General Brenna Byrd's office. Attorney General Byrd works very closely with county attorneys, and she's not looking to you know, overstep any elected officials at the local level. The Iowa County Attorneys Association opposes this part of the governor's bill. The group's lobbyist says decisions on how to prosecute crimes should remain with the county attorneys who are elected by local voters. The president of the Board of Regents addressed concerns last week about the proposal to move the governance of the state's deaf, blind, and visually impaired students to the Iowa Department of Education's. Mike Richards says that is part of the effort to streamline government and bring all K-12 through students within one department. Our special schools already work closely with DOE and the AEA staff in their day-to-day work. This alignment makes sense and will serve our deaf and hard of hearing, blind and visually impaired students well. Richards says more information will be coming as the state government reorganization moves forward. He also says the search for a new superintendent for the special schools will be put on hold until reorganization process is complete. He made these comments last week during their board meeting. The company in eastern Iowa that's factory in Marengo exploded in December has complied with a judge's order to give the Iowa Department of Natural Resources a list of chemicals present during the explosion, fire, and that evacuation. Earlier last week, the DNR's director told state lawmakers that despite a court order, the company, C60, had still not produced a list of chemicals. The company was supposed to do so by the end of the previous week. The attorney general's office says C60 attempted to submit the list by the deadline, but the company was delayed by technical issues. The AG's office says it has obtained the list that was on Friday and passed it to the DNR. The Attorney General's office says it will not release the list as it is under protective order from the court. The state has spent $1.4 million to clean up pollution caused at the site, and the cleanup is still ongoing. A study is underway to see how wind turbines affect bald eagles. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai tells us the results of this study in northwest Missouri will inform both conservation and wind energy efforts. The Department of Conservation will tag bald eagles with GPS transmitters to get a better understanding of their risk of hitting wind turbines. Janet Hasslerig, an avian ecologist with the department, says the trackers will provide information on the eagles' territories and movements. We hope this will inform the wind facilities as well as our agency on where we should put these wind facilities. You know, what's a good location, what's a bad location? It will also help scientists learn more about the expanding Midwest population of bald eagles, a protected species in the United States. 
And in Ames, Iowa State University is moving ahead with plans to renovate the Sheeman Building after getting approval from the Board of Regents. The ISU Athletic Department oversees its operation as part of the Iowa State Center Complex. It has gotten a lot of use through the years, and a spokesperson says athletic operating revenues will fund the estimated $12 million project. Lots of rain to start the morning and then windy conditions once it clears up. This is Here First. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. It's funnel week at the state capitol. That's the first deadline of the legislative session for most bills to get approved by a committee or potentially die for the year. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarek is here to talk about it. Hey, Katerina. Good morning, Clay. So what are you watching this week to see if it gets past this important deadline? This funnel week actually seems less suspenseful than in past years because Republican lawmakers have already advanced so many of their key priorities. But one big thing that I'm watching is a bill in the Iowa House that would put new restrictions on the use of eminent domain for carbon capture pipelines. House Speaker Pat Grassley is one of the co-sponsors of that bill, and he says that he expects it to get through the House Judiciary Committee this week. But anything can happen. This is also the week that new bills can pop up and get quickly pushed through the process. All right. So speaking of that, any new bills that you're expecting? to pop up here this this week as we careen towards funnel Well, late last week, the House Government Oversight Committee held a hearing where lawmakers heard from doctors who provide gender-affirming medical care to transgender youth in Iowa. And House Speaker Pat Grassley said that it's possible House Republicans will consider restricting gender-affirming care for minors. Advocates for LGBTQ Iowans say restricting that kind of care would make the mental health crisis among transgender youth worse. But we could see a new bill related to that this week. There are exceptions to the funnel deadline, though, so there would be ways for Republicans to bring up this proposal later in the session if they really want to. So happening here simultaneously with this legislative session, uh, we're starting to see some Republican presidential hopefuls kind of testing the waters in Iowa a year out from the Iowa caucuses. Uh, Governor Reynolds has been appearing with like Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina and the former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley. And they've been praising Governor Reynolds for the work that she's been doing in the Iowa legislature this session. Where do her priorities stand going into this first deadline of the Iowa legislative session? We saw her biggest priority, state funding for kids to go to private schools, passed by the legislature weeks ago and already signed into law. She's also already signed a law to limit non-economic damages and medical malpractice lawsuits. But there's another education-related bill that she's proposed that still hasn't gotten through a committee. It would ban instruction about gender identity in kindergarten through third grade restrict access to books statewide that are banned by a single school district, and transgender students would need consent from their parents to use a different name or pronouns at school. And then there's the governor's 1,500-page bill to streamline state government that has gotten through a committee in the Senate, so it survived the deadline. But in the House, lawmakers are still working through subcommittee hearings on it. Okay, so on that topic, normally each chamber will just have one subcommittee hearing on a bill, but each chamber has had multiple hearings on this massive government reorganization bill. What have you been hearing in these meetings? 
There have been a lot of Iowans who are blind and members of the deaf community who have been at these hearings to express concerns about what some of the governor's proposed changes to state government could mean for them. For the deaf community, they're really concerned about a part of the bill that would repeal a current law that says the legislature would have to approve the closure of the Iowa School for the Deaf. If that part is repealed, the governor could decide to close the school. Deaf Iowans say that they're really worried about that possibility, but it's starting to sound like that part of the bill will be changed. For blind Iowans, they're worried because the bill proposes allowing the governor to appoint the director of the Department for the Blind, and right now the Commission for the Blind appoints the director. And blind Iowans say it's very important for people who understand blindness to be in charge of that because that's how Iowa has been a national leader in helping people who are blind become self-sufficient. Anything else that you're just watching that we should know about? Well, last week, the Senate passed a bill to limit damages for pain and suffering awarded to people injured or killed in crashes involving semi-trucks and other commercial trucks. Those damages would be capped at $2 million, but it's not clear if there's enough support in the House to pass that bill, so we're still watching if that's going to get through. All right. IPR state government reporter Katerina Sestarek, thank you. Thanks, Clay. This is Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks so much for listening.